Welcome back, everyone, to a new year of Screenplay Rewind. I'm Jeff. I'm Ron. And ready uh, to do this? I, I was just about to say the same thing. I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I hit the red button. Is that good? I, I know even I less see. about podcasting than when we started. That's saying something. <laughs> I, I have little squiggles going in my audacity. Is that what this program is called? <laughs> yep, yep, that's respect it. My, respect my audacity. <laughs> respect my audacity. <laughs> Wow, that's yeah. not, that. There's there's a new podcast right there. Respect my desk and take a drink because I think South Park is one of our take a drink. When we make a quote that might be the record for like we made like twenty seconds where we had a Dark Souls or Lovecraft or Bloodborne. Well, now you just what, played all the hits. What, what's that? What's our other drinking game shit? There's a, there's a few others. You, you just, someone just got a screenplay rewind bingo because you just literally sat some, there and listed them all off. Somebody was actually taking drinks and ha- now has alcohol poisoning as a critical <laughs> fucking status. At the Bobby? Yard. Yeah. Bobby, wake up, dude. <laughs> Somebody turned Bobby on the side. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I don't think dark. we had any. Uh, did, did you have any uh, prompts for our uh, Q&A? Oh, but by the way, like, welcome back, everyone. What? It's been. Uh, There's people we, uh, here? We, yeah, well, welcome back. Uh, listener. Oh, open Bobby. parentheses S close parentheses <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah uh, it feels weird to be back I, I've been uh, we've both been kind of like itching to come back and do this because uh, even though uh, it's not the biggest podcast in the world it's always fun to record you know it gives gives us an excuse to check out a movie and it's amazing it. how we only do this every other week but going as long as we did between episodes it's like I gotta get in front of a microphone man like it's, yeah, it's driving weird. me nuts. Like I got shit to say about things no one cares about. I need to unleash my shitty opinions uh, on the interwebs. As I say, I have internet opinions that need to get out onto the I internet. Have internet opinions. I have internet opinions. Um, yeah. Now, uh, you- did you do anything exciting during the break? That's the only thing I was going to ask. Mm, uh, we we went to uh, the the Tulsa Ballet's presentation of the Nutcracker, which was pretty fun because it's, it's been, been a while cult. since I had, since I had been uh, to like a live like showing like that uh uh-huh. just because you know with the pandemic and everything the past few years uh and that was really cool uh we're, we're gonna try to make an effort to actually get out and see some more live stuff because it's always just like a totally different vibe you know going to see something like that right an actual like uh auditorium what about you no nothing uh nothing too special i'm roller skating now i did that um oh yeah yeah that's pretty much the only thing i did as a kid and then i haven't done it like 20 years and then the kids got roller skates for christmas nice and then i went and got me roller skates after christmas so so here's a question uh do you use the inline or do you use a little like like two by two i have always despised inline uh i remember when they i remember when they got popular and i just i couldn't do it i couldn't make the change I see. I'm the opposite. I I have only ever used inline, so I literally cannot skate unless I'm on inline. If I try those two by two things, I just fall on my ass. Yeah, I have to do roller skates. I can't do inlines. Um, Interesting. So yeah, they drive me nuts. But we have over in Owasso, there is a roller skating rink uh, called Wills and Thrills, and oh, nice. I've been wanting to get the kids over there. That'd be uh, fun. So, but right now they're trying to learn to stand up, and uh, my. My legs are numb. <laughs> well, there you go. But yeah, I, I, see, it's it's funny. It's almost like there's like a, it's not as much as like you know learning to ride a bike. How you just kind of like it clicks for you and you can do it. But it's a little bit like that because I always had like a really hard time skating, and then it was just like 
oh, I can kind of do this now. And it's just kind of random like that when that switch flicks, at least it was for me. I don't know if that was like what was your experience, but yeah, I, I always like really sucked at it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I can kind of do this though. Yeah, I um, you eventually just kind of get it. And I like I said, it's been somewhere between 20 and 25 years since I've roller skated. And I got on them and was kind of scooting around a little bit at first. And then I that once I got a little bit more courage, I just kind of started skating. Like I wasn't yeah. the most stable, but I like I, my body just remembered how to do it. And then I got to the point where like I was telling Chris after the first time I got on the, my new skates, my brain remembered how to do it. My body kind of remembered how to do it. But the last time my brain told my body how to do it, I was like 12. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, my body has changed a lot. I'm a lot taller. My legs are a lot longer. I'm a lot heavier. So, like, my brain remembers how to do it from a long time ago, but things have changed. <laughs> and, like, it was just kind of weird. But, like, today I was just zipping around the driveway while the kids were, like, riding their bicycles and stuff. Um, it was just no big deal. Like I, you just like I, just like rub it in the kids' face because like because they're they're learning and they suck and you can do it. You're just like <laughs> stupid bastards. Well, <laughs> they can't fucking skate. They've never seen someone roller skate. That was the thing. That was the thing I was trying to tell. Was like they. One of the reasons why I wanted it is I want to get them over to the roller skating rink, and they've got roller skates, and they know how to stand up and scoot around on them a little bit, but they've never actually seen someone skate. So I wanted to get out there on my own and just so they can see what it looks like. And I want them to be like, you know, that actually looks like fun because Haley is dubious. Nathan is kind of all about it. So we'll, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, you ever do ice skating? I have, I can't stop. I can do everything else. I cannot stop. Uh, I can stop when my face, you know, plants under the ice that's about it uh, I, I i can do a quadruple lutz but i can't stop i i am actually like kind of afraid of ice skating because like, the blade because the because like, when you have like a hundred people on the rink with knives on like, their feet with fucking uh just you know, running around they're just, they're just they're just skating around with fucking mortal combat fatalities <laughs> at a moment's notice and it's like you know i'm i'm good i'll, I'll go stick with the rollerblades where you, yeah you might like get fucked up if someone like crashes in you but you're not gonna get your fucking uh, carotid artery sliced open like that's like always the most terrifying thing that happens during the olympics is like during the couple skating when someone like kicks someone else like my god yeah my god and then they get extra points because it's fucking thunderdome <laughs> yeah it's awesome oh uh, yeah uh, um but now that was uh, gonna be one of my questions is uh if you and or aurora skates because that's something to do up here since we have a roller skating rink yeah i'm I'm down to do it um i i don't know if she actually i, I know she she's also like me in that she's like uh fuck no to, to ice skating but i think she's down for rollerblading i don't know if she's it's not uh, as cold in when a you while fall. yeah that, that also helps <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah I, I i would i would be down the thing that actually surprised me just speaking of the first time I fell ice skating, I was surprised when it didn't stop my momentum. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that makes sense, but I'm used I to hitting out, the. I took out that five-year-old kid, man. <laughs> it was a nightmare. I'm used to 
hitting the ground and that being the end of it. <laughs> I'm not used to hitting the ground and continuing at same speed. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it was terrifying. Ron hit the ice at the rink, took out that five-year-old while doing the uh, the Viking berserker screech, and it was just no fucking good for anybody, man. <laughs> uh, uh, but man, you want to talk about some Northmen? You talk, let's you talk, let's about, talk about some Northmen. Also, yeah, uh, so uh, just real quick, uh, we always do full spoilers, so please have watched the movie. Uh, this is probably the most straightforward movie yep. uh, Robert Eggers has ever done. I agree. Which, when you've done something like The Lighthouse, it's not saying much, because <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out that shit like three years later, but, you know, that's part of the fun. I don't know what I watched, but I liked it. <laughs> if I had a steak. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man it's so good but yeah uh full spoilers for the northman uh i it's weird i just my my like quick thought was even though the plot is pretty straightforward and predictable the scene to scene like minutia of the movie is not like there is just some like the the scene where the main guy turns the friends of the uncle's prince into like a fucking Hannibal Lecter art project thing. Yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck? Uh, but uh, that's so why I, I think it is uh, something to check out. Also, like I, I think probably like the, the strongest parts of this movie is just the, the cinematography and some of the visuals. Like this movie has some of the best establishing shots I think I've ever seen. Like some of these scenes with the, the like fjords in the background and like the stars and the moon it, it, there's like like a real like ethereal nature to the this just the scene progression of it the I think closest really, really cool the closest rival i've seen to what you're talking about is prey yeah um it, it's kind of in that vein with um the establishing shots and stuff the uh, thing i was going to point out is the tracking shots are insane oh, it's so good it's it's gorgeous like th this is probably one of those films that i think will be taught in in film schools Absolutely. just uh ju just because of the, the visuals and it might uh, even it I might even it's... be in history class not just film schools because yeah uh eggers said that he was trying to create like the most historically accurate version of the vikings he possibly could yeah, uh, it's interesting. Uh, a, a lot of Viking material is kind of afraid to go uh, like full representation of just how brutal they were, yes. and just how weird they were. So, well, like a lot, a lot of the rituals you see, a lot of the sacrifices are historically accurate based on accounts. Uh, you know, just how fucking bizarre their rituals and, most, and how uh, most movies are afraid to. Uh, to not get the audience kind of on the hero's side and usually human ritual sacrifice and raping and pillaging and burning children are generally not a good way to get the audience on the hero's side it's yeah it's like the opposite of, of saving the cat i would yeah. say it's, yeah yeah exactly so you know um this movie is just on front street with viking culture and everything that they they did and what they believed uh it, yeah interesting it, as fuck but they yeah. are not good guys they are absolutely and and like uh the the revelation of what you find out about ethan hawk's character and how his actions played into the like the the origin story for the main character are interesting uh let's let's go through the uh, cast and crew before we start uh you know like yes. full uh, full-blown discussion uh so we we mentioned uh as we mentioned uh, robert eggers is your director and co-writer here uh, the Robert Eggers people will know from The Witch, 
that put him on the map and uh one of our favorite movies of the last you know several years that we've already had on this show the lighthouse uh that is just i i I actually was talking to aurora because she was watching part of the north one with me tonight and she hasn't seen the lighthouse and i was just talking to her you know because she also has like an appreciation for you know classic film and then acting and everything and just showing her the trailer of the lighthouse and how (laughs) not exactly little mermaid (laughs) not not exactly not exactly Uh, (laughs) if i had a steak (laughs) Uh. uh, it is just you cannot describe that movie you just have to see it to fucking believe it like using 100 year old light technology just to get the look down and camera lens it's just so admirable and and so cool and i i love that just that his entire like attention to detail uh, now, where oh, sorry continue oh uh no no go ahead i was gonna say after the lighthouse we were already excited for nosferatu after watching the northman how much more excited are you for his nosferatu i do i that's probably my most anticipated movie is his nosferatu <laughs> i just can't fucking wait it's gonna be so creepy it's gonna look so fucking cool it's going to have amazing actors in it because uh, he just, man. Now, now this is pro- now I will, I will say uh, while I really, really enjoy this, this is probably my least favorite of his. Uh, the, the lighthouse is my favorite and the witch is just like fucking genius in its simplicity and how creepy it gets at points. I still haven't seen uh, the witch. I will probably have it uh, with, with on, uh, on the podcast this year just to keep us up to date on Robert Eggers stuff because I also that's, uh, really, really like The Witch. That's the Vivich, right? Yes. The double V Witch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that attention to detail I was talking about, one of the most impressive things that he's done is his first feature-length movie being The Witch. Uh, their, di- their dialogue is entirely time period appropriate. Oh no! <laughs> so so they, they they are talking like very bizarrely. This is actually where uh, Anya Taylor Joy, who st- uh, stars in this movie as one of the co-leads, who plays Olga, the uh, sorceress, that is right. the girlfriend of the main guy. That's where uh, they met because Anya Taylor Joy, her kind of breakout performance, uh, her her breakout performance to like Gen Pop is the Queen's Gambit, but the the thing that put her on the map for like film. Uh, nerds and everything she, was the, the witch she talked about the witch like it was her first film set yeah uh, her her performance in that is just spectacular like her ability to deliver those weird ass fucking 1400s lines that uh-huh. he that he wrote for them because like he he fucking scoured journal entries of people from that time period to get like their dialect down like the dude's insane and i love him for it because his movies are always like even if like in this movie You'll have like a straightforward thing ostensibly happening, but everything is always interesting. There's either like, you know, like a weird uh, character quirk, you know, like with the characters in the lighthouse, how like there's there's always like a sense of unpredictability about his movies, which I really like to where you're kind of like on edge the entire time, even if it seems straightforward because you're just like, what the fuck's going to happen next? Right. The fucking Northman has some Dark Souls mini boss battles and i'm just like this is fucking amazing and i love you robert eggers like when he goes into that cave uh-huh and he has a dark souls but he's basically like doing the fucking rolling on the ground like he's he's like mid-rolling dude and it's like i love this movie the, <laughs> this is uh, awesome. the thing that i was reminded of is during the viking raid 
and I go up over the wall and it's just doing that long shot of him walking through the village killing people. It oh, reminded man. me a lot of that Assassin's Creed trailer, the Viking one. If if you could give me a three or six episode Bloodborne miniseries on HBO directed and written by Robert Eggers, could you imagine? Eggers I- uh, teamed up with Guillermo del, del Toro. Do, do, can you just like he could actually pull off that like from soft weirdness because it's mm-hmm. in here just yeah. that that very very weird uh, that almost seems like it doesn't have like a time and place you know who seems... garman would be right i i've said i wanted sam neil for garman but eggers track record so far it would end up being goddamn uh willem defoe oh man that'd be... <laughs> would be garman would be no 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 he would play M- mikolash yeah. and that would be fucking <laughs> awesome <laughs> He, he, yeah, he'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, he'd, he'd have his boy. He'd have uh, Ralph Innocent uh, play Gearman, probably. He, he's in this. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ralph Innocent, uh, Innocent, people recognize from Game of Thrones and uh, in a small role there. Uh, he is the father in The Witch, and he's spectacular in that movie. He's just fucking amazing. Uh, he, everyone will recognize him because he's like uh, Gary from Bonfire's Eye Chat said it best. He has the voice of Satan. <laughs> he's always <laughs> instantly recognizable because he just has the coolest voice of all time. <laughs> Uh man, yeah he he's the guy on uh on the ship at at, at the end of this that is right. uh like the captain of the the ship that the the girlfriend gets away on. Yeah he's yeah. uh he's in Guardians. I know that when I looked him up. Oh yeah 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 he's he's popped up in in a few things in the last few years. Uh he's he's the voice of uh the Green Knight in in that movie, and it's just a fucking amazing performance because that guy has the the coolest voice in Hollywood. Just awesome. Yeah, pretty much everyone in the Witch is in this. <laughs> uh the, the mom uh plays one of the people that is like overseeing the slaves in the uncle's village uh the, the yeah ralph innocent you know was the ship captain anya taylor joy obviously uh probably even uh others that i'm that like uh, that i think there was like another kid that was in this probably from uh the witch as well uh just, i just didn't recognize him because he's grown up a little bit of last several years but man mm-hmm. he, he I, I like how he has his you know like group of core actors that he you know we'll put even if it's in bit rolls they'll continue working uh with them and decided to see because you just know like <laughs> willem defoe's gonna be playing somebody in nosferatu and he's gonna be acting bad shit because that <laughs> is the track record <laughs> is there uh, a, is there a renfield in nosferatu <laughs> <laughs> like we can only hope <laughs> um Powers Booth is the name I couldn't think of. That when yeah. I think of the voice of Satan, I think of Powers Booth. Uh, yeah, also one of the most iconic, amazing voices of all time. Real quick, love me, love me some Powers Booth. Another good one was uh, who was what was his name? He was in Ghost Rider. He was Satan. He is literally Satan in. Oh, uh, Kieran Hines. Yeah, uh, yeah, or Kieran Hines. I don't know Brent's his name. Yeah, also, also awesome. No. Uh, do, 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 do. Or he might have been no, saved in the Peter, sequel. I don't know if Peter you're talking Fonda, about the sequel. Oh, uh, Kieran Hines plays uh, the Satan in the second Ghost Rider movie. Okay. I, I didn't know if you're talking so, yeah, about the first one. Is, the first one is Peter Fonda. I'm Peter sure. Fonda, yeah. Yeah. I was, the, I was getting the Ghost Riders mixed up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Robert Eggers is the director and co writer here. He co wrote it with. Uh, I'm Now, again. I apologize. I'm going to mispronounce a thousand of different these names. Nordic names because even the, <laughs> even if you watch the movie, they say the names so fast. Oh yeah, they say I, the I, names I, like you know it's John, John Smith. Yeah, 
I I I cannot like pick up on these pronunciations. I I can barely pronounce uh, English names on a good day, let alone fucking you know ancient Nordic <laughs> ones. Uh, I believe it is either Sean or Shone, who is the co-writer here. He is uh, someone that had been a uh, friend of Robert Eggers and had been talking to him a lot because apparently pretty much everyone involved in this between Alexander uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Eggers, and, and Sean, uh, like all of them are just Viking nerds essentially. And they were just, you know, talking about projects they'd like to do. And they all just like, you know, like, fuck it, let's make a Viking movie. Well, and, and then yeah. you get those. Alexander Skarsgård was trying to make a Viking movie and could never get one off the ground. Yeah, for years. Like, for I years. Think, I think, I think uh, the Wikipedia page was talking about how he had one, like, greenlit originally in, like, 2011. And then it got uh, put into development hell. And then and then eventually you get this. So, um. We have a really, really great cast here. Uh, we mentioned Alexander Skarsgård. He plays the main character, Amleth. Uh, you have Nicole Kidman here. Nicole Kidman's really good in this, too. Yeah, she uh, is. I am, I am usually not the world's biggest Nicole Kidman fan. I think sometimes she has good performances, and sometimes she kind of, like, phones it in. I think she's fantastic here, uh, just playing fucking unhinged uh, Queen Gudrun, uh, however you want to pronounce it. Um, Nicole Kidman, for me is one of those that when she's used well, I tend to really like her, but she has to be cast well. Um, whereas people like Ben Affleck, it's like, what's a big name? Ben Affleck? Okay, put Ben Affleck in here and he doesn't fit anything. She tends to be, I don't know if she's selective about her roles or what, but she tends to be, I tend to be a fan of her, even though she's just Nicole Kidman and everything, because she usually fits the role that she's in. So I don't know if that's her doing, being selective or what. I haven't seen her do anything in a long time. I don't know what she's been up to. Yeah. She, uh, I was surprised she, to see her in this. Uh, she might also be one of those people um, who you will see have their, uh, like their performance caliber will change drastically depending on the direction they're receiving. And, and Ed Eggers just has done nothing but turn out fucking amazing performances by by actors in his films thus far so uh that could be a big part of it too uh just because i i think she's like almost unrecognizable in certain scenes here uh especially towards the end oh when my they god kind of have like <laughs> when her, the, the when they have her, yeah when they have her character revel like revelations come out like it's it's fucking creepy and she's unsettling she's in a terrifying way I, I, she's terrifying in a way i have never seen i i she's always just kind of been there uh but she is she's just like amazing in this uh, an actor I was not familiar with, uh, but I, I, I think was, was also really good in here, is uh, Clace Bang, who plays Fjolnir Excuse the Brotherless. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good. He's playing our antagonist here. Uh, he's not in the movie for very long. I also love Ethan Hawke in this. Ethan Hawke, as this type of character, is also not somebody you would typically see cast in this type of role, but I think is also really, uh, really uh, just expertly picked here. What, what did you think of him in the beginning as the, the king coming I, back? I love Ethan Hawke and everything he's in. Yeah, I, I always like Ethan Hawke a lot. Uh, I don't always like just his stuff, but I always like him in whatever he's in. Yeah, I think he's always good. It's just this isn't the type of role you would typically see him chosen for, which I think makes it interesting. Like him and Nicole Kidman both. You you would not expect to see them playing Vikings in something in something this kind of uh, like this something like this going after such like historical accuracy because Typically, you know, they're just not, you know, you have those types of people, you know, like, like the kind of like the, the the group of actors that you would be, uh, you would be seeing chosen for Vikings or, you know, like wildlings in Game of Thrones, those types of kind of uh, actors, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. And the, these these people don't seem like that kind of like a prototype for that, but they're really really good. Did you know that there's only three years difference in age between him and Nicole Kidman? I did not, but that that's crazy. She's three years older than him. Because the question I had, I saw them, and I was like, "What is their age difference for them to be king and queen in this?" Mm-hmm. Because for some reason, I expected that gap to be a lot wider than that. But he was born in 1970, and she was born in 1967. Crazy. Uh, we have Anya Taylor Joy, as we mentioned. She plays Olga of the Birch Forest. This is the first time I've seen her one of her performances. What did you think of Anya Taylor Joy? I like her. Um, I don't. I don't know that she is the absolute greatest actress I've ever seen in my life because every podcast I listen to, no one shuts up about her. But yeah, she. She. Uh. Th- so part of that with this is her. This is the her performance. Uh, is kind of tied to like what she's kind of given to do mm-hmm. uh, in this. She has a lot more to do in The Witch and basically carries the entire movie. I hear she's, she's really she's a, good at chess. Uh, the Queen's Gambit is also an amazing show. I know it's kind of become like a meme at this point because people just became obsessed with it, but it is a, it is a great show and she's, she's great. You can't it. say The Queen's Gambit without me thinking about Arrow because wasn't that the, the name of the boat that went down? It, yeah, it was. I forgot about that, but yeah, it was. The, Every uh, the time Queen, I hear yeah. Queen's Gambit, I think of fucking CW Arrow. <laughs> nobody wants that. <laughs> and nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody wants that. So, yeah, but I just... That is what's showing at the gates of Elrond. It's I, just a TV with an with ongoing loop of all the CW DC shows. And it's absolute hell and purgatory. And you do not want to be there, bro. I just, you will jump in the pit of lava. I've always heard <laughs> that her performance would just like blow my head off my shoulders. And I just, I mean, she was good. She was good. I liked her. She, the, the, the way she carries the witch is a lot more impressive. And especially like just some of the fucking dialogue that poor girl had to learn is crazy. <laughs> uh, the uh, the rest of the cast, uh, I'd probably say like the, the other like shining spot is obviously Willem Dafoe, even though he's not in the movie for very long. <laughs> Willem Dafoe plays the fucking Viking jester in this. When he shows up in the mask, I was like, oh my god, I know that voice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> popping up like fucking Nordic Green Goblin up in here. <laughs> and his his rim shot was a dick slap, dude. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he's wearing like a strap on, and his yeah. his rim shot was a dick slap it was amazing yeah uh he's playing the uh kind of like viking hey, court jester yeah dude he's also he comes a back shaman as the, it turns out when he comes back as the zombie head how Perfect. awesome is that i was like wow like, what a weird and oddly subdued role for willem dafoe and then he comes back as a fucking zombie head I'm like, oh, there <laughs> that's it is. Me of, um, there it is that's also that i guess that's also just kind of like a uh uh, a Norse mythology kind of like theme because that's also present in uh, the first God of War game. Yeah, uh, one of your side characters is Kratos carrying around the fucking talking head. I don't remember if it's the same character. It's because this is this is tied in. Uh, the Northman is tied in with like a lot of what is believed to be. Uh, you know, like there's a lot of these old Viking stories where the the like the lines between actual like historical fact and and myth kind of blend, right? Because it's just it's just hard to track history in these types of time periods and in these uh you know these these settings because they just weren't the type of people to keep as much kind of like historical record uh you know compared to something like medieval Europe. It's right. a lot easier to track history in medieval Europe versus you know like 980 fucking uh what were they like Iceland most of the time? Yeah. Yeah, Iceland. 
But yeah, um, Willem Dafoe plays Hamir the Fool, and the god in God of War that he takes the head and the head talks is uh, Mimir. Okay. So Hamir and Mimir. That's not confusing at all. Not at all. Yeah. So that's that's most of your uh, your your main characters here. Uh, Bill Skarsgård was also supposed to, uh, who is the brother of Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, people know Bill as uh, Pennywise primarily. He was also supposed to appear in this movie, but ended up having to uh, drop out of the movie, I believe, due to a scheduling conflict with another uh, project he was working on. Uh, and his role ended up going to, I believe, he was going to play the the prince of the uncle who gets stabbed through the bed. Oh, okay. I believe he the, was going to play that son. character, but. In, yeah, the, the 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 asshole prince that yeah uh, that Amleth kills towards the end. Yeah. Um. Also, oh, interesting too. I don't know if you got this. Uh, one thing this movie actually made me think of in its story structure and the kind of like plot points of it is the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. Because you remember how the Thomas Jane Punisher movie, uh, his main goal is to go after John Travolta, but he goes about it by systematically destroying his entire fucking family. That actually kind of reminded me of that. I don't know if you remember that, uh, about how that's, he's always, like, killing the sons. That's probably not a coincidence, because um, the interview that I listened to with Eggers, he was talking about how he got interested in the story of Amleth, because he found out that Hamlet is based on Amleth. Mm-hmm. So, as he always thought that Hamlet was just Hamlet, and he was fucking uh, embarrassed about that because he has directed Hamlet Hamlet, and he has been Hamlet. He's been in Hamlet before. And his dad, he said, is a uh, like a Shakespearean, um, uh, not historian, but um, Shakespearean. Like he, he, he studies a scholar, is a Shakespearean scholar. And he never yeah. knew that Hamlet was based on the Viking tale of Amleth. Yeah, they, the name is even a uh, anagram. Yes, of it. it it's is. Hamlet, yeah. So he never knew that, and that's when he got interested in Viking stuff because he said he's never been interested in anything Viking related before, and he wanted to tell that story. That's where this came from. But that's prob- Hamlet is like one of the most emulated story structures. I mean, it's I mean, the Lion King is Hamlet. Oh, um, yeah, oh there's so much shit that is just so directly much. influenced by Hamlet. But but what's interesting is, you know, my my film history is I think of the Punisher movie with Thomas Jane <laughs> and not Hamlet, right? You know? So, yeah. yeah, there's there's a good chance where I was going with that is that that Thomas Jane Punisher movie is probably also very loosely based on the idea of Hamlet, I would guess. Yeah. I've never thought about always... that though before. You're right. But it's just one of those things where I, I, I like that story structure. It always makes it interesting. Uh, we were talking about in the uh, the green room, John Wick. Yes. There's also elements of that where it's like, the movie is about this person going from point A to point B to take out a certain guy. But if along the way, they just systematically take out the entire fucking family in like infrastructure, always love seeing shit like that. It just makes it for an interesting movie like uh, where you're just seeing them just kind of like, just so systematically taken out like this person then this person this person you know what i mean like kind of like working and it's and it's interesting too it ties and, and it's like it's like duh it's central it's like centralized uh, around and originates from viking culture which is all about you know like the family tree and you right. know like the world tree and there's a lot of imagery dude the fucking world tree in this where you see like the corpses hanging from the tree of like the previous lines of kings that was some from soft shit that it was like <laughs> uh 
like uh, where they were showing the the previous kings as they descend or like they they ascend up the tree right towards the current time period like that imagery was very from soft to me it was and like so that, much shit felt like a fucking bloodborne level in this and I, I loved those elements about it and that imagery comes from odin because that is how odin gained his wisdom he cut out his own eye and traded it for wisdom and he had to hang himself from the tree to death and then after like three days i think he comes back to life and cuts himself down mm-hmm. and that's how he gets his wisdom i also really like the um how the elements in this that directly confirm whether this is supernatural or not are always kind of ambiguous yes because like uh like the dark souls mini boss i was talking about where he fights the uh 12 foot tall fucking soldier dude that has the uh the special sword yes like you don't know if that happened you you don't know if that was just like uh, the main character kind of because the main character is also um like a little bit unhinged in this in that you know, part of it is just he had a fucking background as a berserker taking God knows what drugs for you know, like 20 right. years straight. Hallucinogenics so no, and what else. You have no idea like what his mental stability is on like a good day because of all that. But at the but, same time, some of it is true, I believe. And this is one of those things like we talked about the lighthouse, like everything is open to interpretation. Yeah, yeah, everything. But there's a moment where he's strung up in the barn that someone else tries to unsheathe the sword during the day and it will not unsheathe. Yeah, that's cool. I, I oh, also just the entire like myth behind his sword is really cool. Dude, I was going to ask if that the, is based the, the, on something or I, it probably it probably is, but just like that concept like the like oh oh also like how fucking metal was it when they have the the little interstitial title card things and the one was the Nightblade feeds? Yeah. I was like, fuck yes, it does. Feed the Nightblade, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Feed the Nightblade. This is, this is one of the most metal films, I think, of all time. Uh, because it's, the reason I ask is I know that that is a cliche story. I mean, one of the Inuyasha movies is even about a sword like that. But uh, the thing that... Eggers had said was that he was trying to make the most like historically accurate Viking movie while also showing like a lot of uh, religion and cultural things that they believed in. And everything that you see in this movie is based on something from Norse culture. So I yeah. was wondering if there's like a legend about the Nightblade or something that he pulled that from. Probably, uh, almost assuredly. Uh, here's a question: uh, you you had talked about wanting to listen to the official tie-in podcast that I believe had Eggers on it. Did did you get a chance to listen to that to get yes. any tidbits? Yeah, that's you what I, that's okay. what I'm pulling from. You're, that's what you're pulling from. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. So so what were some other just kind of like interesting tidbits while we we're talking about it that you had learned from the the podcast with? Because I I have not listened to it, but that's something I'm interested in just because I find Eggers a, a fascinating film. Uh, maker it's not very good uh really it's not very good the how's, how, how so i'm curious now the person that they had interviewing all these people is awful at their job oh it's, that sucks it's a lot of so how did you connect with the character amleth and alexander skarsgård is like he's a murdering pillaging asshole like, how do you connect <laughs> like you like he, everyone's just kind of like what is this question um that sucks. Yeah, it's a lot of that kind of bullshit, but peppered Just in the there. most like bare bones film analysis oh, one on one shit. It's awful. Um but uh anything from Skarsgard and Eggers is pretty gold. Um everything 
the entire interview with Anya Taylor Joy is just like, how cold did you get while you were in Iceland? Um, oh yeah, brilliant observations there, buddy. Yeah, uh, it's it's bad. It I do that not sucks. I do not recommend it. Uh, but oh. um, Eggers in every interview I've heard him in talks a lot about his process and the amount of research and how he tries to be as historically accurate as possible. Uh, the one thing, by the way, that Anya Taylor Joy said that was actually kind of funny is she was talking about like she was asking Anya about the accents and the language and stuff because she has to do a lot of I believe she was Slavic. Yes, and here she's she's playing a Slavic character. Uh, yeah, so she's having to utter those spells like in that language and stuff, and she's asking about that and like the accuracy um of their accents and stuff and she was like oh if our accents were accurate you would not be able to understand what we're saying <laughs> like she's like if you've ever heard like the yeah. icelandic accent and the uh, a lot of the norse accents she's like you would not know what we're saying we couldn't be that accurate with the accents yeah i, I actually <laughs> i i read too uh, on the wikipedia page uh granted you know I, I don't know how accurate it is but i had read that they actually redid most of the dialogue in adr because in test screenings people were having a hard time understanding them oh right uh, so they that. actually uh and it makes sense because when i when i sat down to watch this movie as someone who had seen the witch and how you know time period accurate they were to their accents and their weird dis- diction that they had back then uh i expected this to also be kind of hard to follow uh i, I am glad they actually made it a little bit more accessible because it doesn't really make any sense to like negatively affect the the movie's presentation as far as like getting the characters like dialogue across to the point where you can't understand what they're saying. Like this is a huge issue actually with the last several Christopher Nolan films. He has just a uh, kind of just maybe part of it is the Dark Knight Rises because the Dark Knight Rises kind of like started his whole like fucking fascination with the way that the the, the dialogue is present like presented partially with Bane, just partially with like how oh, no. Christopher Nolan, how Christopher Nolan's gone the way of and now James we're back Cameron. to South Park. Yeah, how, yeah, Christopher Nolan has gone the way of James Cameron, who James Cameron. is trying to find the bar and just got lost up his own asshole. Uh, unfortunately, James Cameron does not uh, do t- what James Cameron does for James Cameron. <laughs> James Cameron does what James Cameron does because James Cameron. Uh, there are several. There are several scenes in Tenet. You have no idea what the people are saying. Really? Just stra- each straight up. There are people uh, wearing masks in Tenet because of the mumbo-jumbo fucking science that he has created for that fucking movie. Uh, and he doesn't do anything to make the dialogue more comprehensible. And you just can't understand what they're saying, flat out. And wow. he's just like... Uh, and uh, basically, his whole idea behind it is to give the movie like verisimilitude of you wouldn't be able to understand these people if you were there. So I'm not going to let you understand. Motherfucker, I'm watching a movie. Yeah, I want to understand the people in the fucking movie. So, OK, we're, now we like, have go fuck yourself. We've had method actors. Now we have method directors. Is that what's happening? Yeah. He He's. I. I uh, th- you, you should actually probably watch Tenet just to see like what I'm talking about. Tenet fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> that's all. Tenet that's... is a fucking the man. No, 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 no. I actually forgot. <laughs> uh, uh, you want to know? You want to know how much Christopher Nolan has lost up his own asshole, dude? You want to know? Oh no. I can tell you one sentence. You want to know what the main character's name is uh, in the in the Tenet movie? Tenet. The protagonist. Shit, you not? Are you serious? He's, 
He's called the protagonist, and that is his name. You look up the IMDb page, he is the protagonist. Wow. Shit you not. Go fuck yourself, Nolan. What a fall from grace. He was like Hollywood's golden boy. I know. Like, how do you go to like fucking making the Dark Knight and Batman Begins and uh like you know, Minto and all these like good movies and shit and then have that happen? Inception yeah. even like Inception, yeah. Uh, like dude, but t- yeah, fuck Tenet, dude. Now that, that, that I, being that being said, I'm actually kind of excited to watch the Oppenheimer movie just because <laughs> I like I like uh Killian Murphy a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And Guilty. he's you know <laughs> and he and he is uh one of you know nolan's you know bros so uh-huh. I, i'm actually excited to watch that for his performance but yeah i'm kind of done with nolan as a director um uh, see everyone i listen to on podcasts i usually have i'm very usually very dubious about their opinions on movies i've never heard anyone say anything good about tenet and i was just kind of like i don't know all of y'all hate movies that i love and then you came to me and you're like no tenet's bad i'm like oh well, shit fucking, i'm not seeing it you need to watch it dude <laughs> it's so Just bad you to need like, to watch it it's but it it's so weird it's like like how this is turned into a tenant review uh but <laughs> it's not atrocious but it, it becomes one of those things and it reminds me so much of james cameron and that that you can, it comes across when you're watching the movie that the director thinks this is genius right constantly you know you know like when you're watching avatar and the entire time with like the presentation of the movie and just like the entire kind of like tone of it the director is just like man i'm a fucking genius yeah that is present in every line that has been every... james cameron since titanic exactly yeah uh it, it is it is present in every line and it is suffocating when you're watching that movie and it makes me sad because Babin begins and inception and the dark knight like he was on such a roll of making really good movies uh insomnia is also did you ever watch insomnia with uh, uh i don't know that one insomnia was a a crime thriller uh starring al pacino and uh robin williams it's actually really interesting uh interesting based off of, uh, it's, it's like one of his first movies uh, he's really good. Uh, he he made really good movies, and then he got so far lost of his own asshole. Just like James Cameron, they no longer make good films, and it makes me sad because we're missing out on a lot of good material just because people lose their way, and that's really sad. I, well, last thing I want to say before we we move on is speaking of James Cameron, I watched uh, Terminator Two recently. Oh God, I miss like nineties James Cameron. <laughs> I miss eighties right? and eighties and nineties James. You said that so you sit down to watch Aliens, yeah, and you're just like. The same dude that made this, like, just fucking perfect movie made Avatar. The way of Wooter. <laughs> the way of Wooter. That's not even my joke, by the way, but I can't... I don't know what the <laughs> reference is, but there's another podcast I listen to that always refers to it as the way of Wooter. I don't know way if someone I, yeah, says I, it that way in the trailer. I don't know what that is, but they say it, like, every five seconds in that podcast, <laughs> so now I can't unhear it. <laughs> <laughs> I also I also have bad news. I think the next time we do a Friends of Family Month, somebody might be picking one of the Avatar movies, and whoever does pick and, that, and I will their not name be is Aurora. With... <laughs> no, I don't think so. Maybe. You're like, Maybe you're like you're like I have it on good authority that someone will be picking. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So, but I I feel like somebody is gonna do that. Uh, maybe maybe we need to keep Soapy from being able to choose movies for you know, us ever again. I would have to watch maybe. that with my dad so he can explain to me why he fucking loves that movie so much. 
See, but then you'll just have... <laughs> you'll have to go on a revenge spree against James Cameron, <laughs> fucking the Northman style, <laughs> because his favorite movie just is Avatar. Just see me... Just see me like naked around a catfire wearing a wolf skin. Just, <laughs> just, just outside James Cameron's mansion. It says you doing the fucking wolf berserker scream. Fucking naked with the wolf pelt on the, your tonight, head. The night blade feeds. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. James Cameron. I'm here to lower the bar. <laughs> you do the John Wick three <laughs> book kill, but with a fucking, but with a DVD of Avatar. <laughs> oh my god. Oh shit. That's a see. That's see. That's what we're talking about. Better movie than Tenet. Yeah. Better movie than Avatar. <laughs> Better movie than Avatar for sure. Stephen Lang <laughs> is the only saving grace in that first movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Man, what a, what a what a fucking just sad state to be in to no longer be excited for movies from directors that made some of we're our favorite greatest? movies of all time yeah so, yeah we're some of the greatest of all time it just really sucks yeah, that's the other thing you know what we don't often <laughs> we don't we don't often who's dancing around the fire wearing a wolf skin we no, here, here's the thing here's the thing <laughs> we we, we do, when we were talking about indiana jones yeah we we chat talk spielberg a little bit you know for some of the choices made in a couple of those movies but you know what Spielberg will come out and make a bad movie and will bounce back. Yeah. You got to give him that. He'll eventually, part of it is just, you know, like fucking batting average. Like he's made like how many movies? Like 70 fucking movies. God, I don't Some know. of them are going to be bad. Some of them are going to be mediocre, but he always bounces back. It, there isn't that like clear line of delineation where he used to be great and now everything is just shit because they, they got so lost in their own ego and their their own like self-identity as a legend that they no longer made good art. Like George Lucas. Like, for I don't I don't know much about Spielberg, but there's no way that you are Spielberg without having an ego, but he seems to learn a lesson and bounce back from that, even if it's temporarily. Um, he also seems to just be a more genuine He's person. probably the most consistent director, I would say. At I least of the legendary Scott, ones. I think Ridley Scott probably is. Uh, yeah. But Ridley Scott has also had, you know, some movies that are not so great. But um, but he's good at speeches. Yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> Especially when they're trying to play him off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking yeah. love that man. But yeah, uh, and that's, that's actually one of the things that's like really drawing me uh, to Robert Eggers. To Robert Eggers is Robert Eggers. See, folks, with, we brought it home. We it brought, wasn't we, aimless after rambling. After a 15-minute rant, we brought it back. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So we we were fine. making a point this whole time. This was planned. This was scripted. So, so I actually think it is. It is pretty cool to see Robert Eggers come out and make The Northman. You know, which is a more straightforward movie. You could easily see uh, after The Witch and after The Lighthouse, him kind of like spiraling into making just more purely weird art film territory that you know that the no one really sees value in outside of like the the craziest of like cult followings and the director himself where they just kind of like get lost in their own like film identity i guess if, if that's like a term i can i can use you know, like where they get so lost in like a cut they were like fucking raising the bar <laughs> they, that, that they no longer care about making a good movie it has to be like that like the nolan thing like I have to make something that is going to like break the mold. I'm an artiste. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be the case. Sometimes you can just right. go out and make a good movie. Like with this, 
he made a good movie with like you know some of his friends this was a topic they were all like you know he's friends with Skarsgård he's friends with uh Shone and they went out they want to make a fucking Viking movie and they did it yeah you know, they, they just went out and fucking did it they made a movie with their friends you know and they, and Nicole Kidman <laughs> yeah They're which is still creepy. still weird uh, I mean she was great don't get me wrong I just not a casting choice I saw coming yeah, that will do that. That fucking scene. Oh my god, It's so creepy. And you want to talk about that? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Oh my god. Why don't you, why, why don't you set the stage for us, Ron? I'll let you fall in that night. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So the beginning of the movie. Get your Purell ready, folks. <laughs> right. The beginning of the movie. It's set up to look like, you know, she's being taken. Her husband is just killed. Uh, supposedly, her son was killed. He's around the corner watching. And it seems like she's being taken against her will. And then years later, as an adult, when he finds his uncle, he finds his mom. He's thinking he's saving his mom. No, it turns out uncle killed dad because mom said so. And yeah, and she uh, what was her line? Like you were thrust upon me like, yeah, he was going to be murdered on her command as well. Yeah, because uh, because they're Vikings, right? Uh, would they would when when they would you know take over a village after you know killing all the dudes, they would enslave and rape the women, basically, right? Uh, and he and he is a a product of, of of that, you know, and it's 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 it is like a shocking revelation, but man, her performance when she's like delivering those lines is just it, it gets gross. Dude, it, when it, she gets up yeah. on him and starts kissing him. When she starts telling him like, go ahead and go kill your uncle and then, you know, like, I'll be your queen as you take over command. It's so gross. Dude. Uh, it's like, I, oh man. What the it fuck, man? Sends fucking shivers down your spine, dude. And I, I'm trying to find some of the quotes while you talk about it. Yeah, I was gonna say like, just her line delivery, the like her performance in general in that scene, I, I've never seen Nicole Kidman like that, ever. Yeah. I it was almost Betty White and Lake Placid shocking, <laughs> like, um, yeah. And you yeah, know, it's, and it's we crazy. have romanticized the idea of Vikings so much. Uh, everything that you know about Vikings is fictitious, pretty much, and. This movie is trying to be as accurate as possible, and it doesn't shy away from those facts, like you said. And like she pulls back part of her dress to show her brand where she was a slave, and like yeah, all of this was done on her command. His uncle was acting because she said to. Oh, here's another line she has in that scene: "How easily we all become princesses again when the beasts take us for their wives." Yeah. Oh, dude, that it's just. These like these like lines she says, you just like feel them in your soul, dude. Yeah, and she's talking to her son, who she tried to have murdered. Yeah, it's fucked up, dude. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, this is one of the lines too uh, that she tells him: "You were forced upon your mother, but Gunner was received freely with love." Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Gross, dude. Yeah, it is. It yeah, was it's, painful it's... and mortifying to watch. Oh, also, uh, Skarsgård deserves recognition for that scene, too. His reaction to all of this, just the the absolute look of, like, shock and disgust and horror. Hey, 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 he just, uh, yeah, at, at the, 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 the revelation of just, like, his just absolute inability to even comprehend, like, what she's saying because it's so shocking to him. He's, he's amazing in that scene. There's also some scenes, like, when he is doing, like, the berserker stuff, 
he's amazing when he goes like full oh, fucking yeah. feral he's he's amazing he is terrifying like that that scene you're talking about where they have that like really awesome continuous shot of them attacking that village oh bro by the way when he fucking catches that spear yeah at the beginning and just fucking launches it back and you're just like he just fucking do that it's crazy yeah, at the beginning of that raid he just reaches yeah. out and plucks it out of the air it's so fucking good a- it's so awesome, dude. Uh, yeah. One thing I wanted to talk about, what you mentioned earlier, uh, is those tracking shots. Have you ever seen anything like that? We've we've seen movies do continuous shots. We've seen a movie that emulated doing the entire movie as a continuous shot. But I believe the email that uh, Eggers sent to the director of photography, uh, he was he quoted from it word for word. He said that Eggers had said he wanted long tracking shots with a lot of shit happening in the background. And just the idea of setting up some of those tracking shots with how dynamic they are with all the shit happening. Some of them are at night, some of them are during the day. I know. But it's like nuts. that raid when Dude. he climbs the wall and goes over and it just it's just side scrolling. It's just following yeah. him, and in the background, you see this entire raid happen as he's just walking around, axing people in the face. And what's what's fucking crazy too is like the scenes like present the chaos of it, but you're not like lost on yeah, what you're, you're not supposed losing to look any at. Focus, you're a- seeing everything, everything they want you to yeah. see. You're seeing exactly what they want you to see. It is insanely it well done. Feels very real and very authentic. And yeah, it, it, like that. That's probably like the best shot of the movie. Is is that side scrolling shot in, in the in the little like village that they're attacking? Because there's like there's so much depth to it. You're able to constantly see what's happening in in like three levels of the scene. Yeah, because there's like there's Amleth who's like in the the foreground, and then there's like three like at all times like two or three other attacks happening in the back. But you catch all of it. You never feel lost, and it is just like. It's up there with like 1917 with like some of the best like yeah. scene progression you'll ever see. Anytime he sidestepped an arrow, by the way, the sound design is that arrow whizzes by. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just real quick, the cinematography is done by uh, Jaron Blaschke. Uh, the film editing is done by Louise Ford. Oh, the editing in this movie is perfect. The edit, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's flawless. It, it's a little over two hours. It does not overstay its welcome. And never did I feel like the movie was too long. The, you know, edi- also the cool editing too. is done really well. Yeah, the editing is, is, is really great too. Uh, and, and what I also really like is um, they get to certain points in the plot faster than you think they would. Yes. Because like, like when I first started this up and I realized like what the plot was going to be about him trying to get revenge and kill his uncle, I didn't expect him to actually come into contact with his uncle until the last like third act, you know, like, like the very last maybe 30 minutes. Right. He finds his uncle at like the 45 minute mark. And you're just like, where do they go from here? Because there's a lot of movie left. And I, I like that. I, I like because it kind of like presents this story where you kind of know where it's going. But if the pacing is interesting or the like series of events that gets you from like, you know, like the, the, the series of events in between can make or, or break the movie. If you're always kind of like on your toes and you're just like, wow. There's an hour and 15 minutes left. What's the what's the movie going to look like from here? Right. And then he just goes on these like fucking Dark Souls side quests. I'm just like, fuck, yes, he does. Yes, he's fighting this 12 foot tall Dark Souls mini boss. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, the other thing that I was going to point out is there's one tracking shot where it's the flip side. It follows a guard at night when Amleth goes back to kill his uncle. 
or he goes back to like oh, trying to fight his so uncle, good. and it just he's follows like, like, the night watchman yeah. through the village, and he Fuck just keeps yeah, he just keeps barely missing Amleth. You just see the aftermath of what Amleth has done. It's like a Batman scene. Yes. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, it was amazing. That's what I was gonna say. It was exactly like what you would imagine being like in the mafia in Gotham City would be like when Batman shows up because he just every time he turns around, someone else is down just all around him. We also have to give like huge props to uh it, you know, part part of it's probably like the cinematographer, which I also talked about, but like everyone that went into the lighting of the scenes. This oh, this yeah. movie has so many shots at night, yet you're never really like lost in them. Yeah. Um the 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 fight at the end inside the volcano, which is metal as fuck. Oh dude. But like the all use of, this, of lighting in that. The yeah, the lighting in that. Uh it, it feels so uh it, it's like a cliche word to use but it like legitimately feels epic to watch when they're fighting in that fucking volcano uh and, and like the uh the way that the like steam from the lava is like filling like a lot of the shots up too like that could have like you know like been difficult to kind of like lose track of like which characters which and what's happening but it always just feels like and it, it you're never missing anything like an iridescent feel to it right because the steam all around them is also kind of glowing orange from all the lava. It's like reflecting that light and carrying it through it's the whole so scene. It's so cool. It looks so like it, you, it looks like you're watching like gods fight. Yeah. And and like it's intentional, but it like it's it's so cool and it's just like so gorgeous to look at and like uh, I I love the the interstitials too where it's like the gates of hell. Yes. And it's just like fuck yes, dude. So good. Yeah. Uh, also. This this movie has some of the most like gorgeous landscape shots of just like showing the stars. Probably since the Shire in the first Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it, it's it's fucking incredible, dude. Like some of the some of the scenes. Uh, Iceland, just, man. That like this whole yeah. thing was filmed in Iceland. It takes place in Iceland, and the Iceland, like, it's a beautiful place. <laughs> it's extremely deadly, but it's a beautiful the, place. Uh, like the 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 lighting in the scene when they were in the storm on the on the boat. Oh is yeah, re- is really really well done. All the uh, there's there's like so many scenes. If you just scroll through like the IMDb uh photos, there's so many just establishing shots of like them on the water and like uh, there's a really really cool shot where there's a couple of hills that are split and the main character is like standing in between the hills and the very st- very top of the frame is the moon. Yes. And it's just like some of these like shots were just like nothing's happening, but it's just like such a gorgeous shot. It's like breathtaking to just to look at. And that adds like so much to the movie because like like uh, one thing that gets lost in a lot of movies and a lot of movies that people, you know, can potentially find like too slow paced to really get into. It's where it's like nothing's really happening. But uh, and there's also like no artistry happening. If you just have like a little bit of artistry happening, like like these gorgeous tracking shots or just like there's if there's something interesting and something artistic about like every scene even if it's not like like heavy with plot it can be interesting to watch even if not much is actually happening if that makes sense yeah it's it's amazing how if you give me something to look at i'm invested right yeah like yeah it's just like what a, what a always... novel concept give your audience something to look at and or something to watch right it's fucking bonkers man yeah um now, one thing uh, that goes back to something you said at the beginning also that Eggers had said in that interview was the simplicity of the plot just being a revenge story on his uncle, period. 
uh, that is the reason why he was able to go so deep with the mythology, so deep with like being period accurate with the Vikings and mm-hmm. why he could introduce and show you Vikings as they were, their culture, how they lived, because the plot was, he killed my father, I'm going to kill him. And there's not a lot of exposition. But yeah, it's, it's like literally needed. like, my name, is, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepare to die. Yeah. That, that's like like the, the fucking entire plot wrapped up in two sentences yeah. from the princess, right? So, yeah. So his yeah. goal was to just make the most accurate Viking film that he could. And Bjork um, is a, I believe, Icelandic singer or uh-huh. Swedish singer. She plays the the Cirrus in the uh the one yeah really creepy scene, scene. yeah great great performance by her she is fucking creepy as hell in that that scene. is her first on camera appearance appearance in 10 years that's wild she's yeah she's great and i think her, she said also, her second uh, time on camera or something also the costuming oh my god is like uh her her costume is amazing uh the 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 priest guy that has uh wilm defoe's head yes his costume is creepy as fuck uh just well really defoe's costuming was a fucking strap-on and then later a loincloth. <laughs> I've seen more of Willem Dafoe than I've ever wanted to see of Willem Dafoe. Um, but everyone else's costuming was really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bjork was talking about how... I was just like how the, the exact... Just real quick, the exact second you said everyone else's costume was really good. I was scrolling through the IMDb page and just found a shot of someone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of Viking ass in this movie. If if your thing is Viking ass, this is the movie for you, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, Bjork was uh, saying in that same interview um, about how in recent years in Iceland, like archaeology about the Vikings has had so many breakthroughs that we now at this point know more about the Vikings than we ever have. Because they, they didn't really have like a written culture. They Their things were made of wood. Their shit decayed. It went away. And it was all uh, uh, storytellers and stuff. No one wrote down their history. So the Vikings we knew very little about. Uh, but there's been like apparently a bunch of breakthroughs in recent years. And that's where a lot of the research in this movie came out of. Gotcha. Was a lot of yeah, that. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a... Uh, it's a good movie. It's probably not what you're gonna expect. Expect? It's not what you're gonna expect. <laughs> We're still knocking off the rust. Uh, it's not what you're yeah. gonna expect from Eggers, probably. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, it is much more straightforward. E- even though it has moments of being really obtuse, it is much more straightforward than I initially expected it to be. Well, the the first twenty thirty minutes of this movie, it's just like is the whole movie gonna be like this. <laughs> like, it's, like this is this is cool but is the whole movie gonna be like this and after that it kind of calms down um a little bit but yeah yeah no um you you talking about the uh, uh the the fact that he always has to have someone farting in one of his scenes <laughs> <laughs> and the, you're just like i was not surprised when that happened yeah. i was like oh man I, and willem <laughs> dafoe was in that scene of course he is of he probably, was probably he his is. idea bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah uh you, you, you just gotta expect someone this was someone's first eggers film <laughs> out the, out there and they're just like what <laughs> is there a fart joke in the witch um 
I don't think so. The 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 witch is too busy just being disturbing as fuck to have a fart joke. I think <laughs> uh, the fart the joke is, is making a comeback, dude. man. That's two Eggers movies and Game of Thrones, <laughs> Game of Thrones, uh, Murder yeah. on the Orient Express. Um, oh, I don't remember the joke of that. Uh, we were we were planning on watching that again because we wanted to finally get around to watching the uh, the sequel yeah. uh, movie because we haven't watched that yet. But yeah, I'll have to look out for that. I forgot that oh, that had. A you don't have to look out for it. He's the only character on the screen when it happens. Oh, good. Let's get you only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I haven't seen Death uh, on the Nile yet either. I I was keeping track of that movie. I could not wait for it to come out. It came out and I fucking forgot about it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's on same. HBO it's, Max. I, yeah, it, it's just, I, that's what pisses me off too. It's like, like this movie too. I was wanting to watch The Northman from one of my favorite directors at the moment for months and just always kept finding excuses like I don't want to pay 20 bucks to rent this. I don't want to pay six bucks to rent this. And then it hit fucking prime for like five months before I watched it. It was like, what am I doing, dude? <laughs> it's fucking two hours. I'm just, just a shell of myself. <laughs> dude, it's like it's on the fucking streaming service you already own. What are you doing? <laughs> just fucking watch it. Just watch uh, it. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, like and I, I earlier I probably sounded like a little bit. Now, obviously, we've been like, you know, like really hyping up certain aspects of this movie as as a whole. This is my least favorite movie of his. That being said, his worst movie. This is probably like an eight, like an eight out of ten. It's just like it's not a masterpiece like the Lighthouse. Right. So it's like it's it's like, like you talked about how like you you didn't like um, Glass Onion as much as as much as Knives Out. Knives Out is like a nine point eight five out of ten. I was gonna like, say, but like you know, Knives Out, like yeah, yeah. When the thing you're comparing it to is an instant classic, you have to like take a step back and realize like it was never going to be that. So I had unrealistic expectations for this. So like, this is my least favorite of his. It's still like an eight out of 10. And I loved a lot of it. It's just as a whole, it's not one of those like, like the lighthouse is genius. The witch is creepy as fuck. And you know, I love me, my fucking creepy atmospheric horror movies. I'm always on board for that, especially with like great performances, just great acting, uh, and, like just across the board. And man, yeah, uh, North Northman though really good i i I genuinely liked it it'll probably not (laughs) be one is good it will probably not be one uh i rewatch same uh because there might be a point you know later on down the road where i'm just like you know what i'm gonna sit down and watch like all of the eggers library i don't know if you've ever done that we just kind of sit down to like watch through someone's like uh back catalog for whatever reason uh it would be one i would watch if i was doing something like that specifically but like I'll watch the lighthouse probably like once every year or like every two years forever, just cause I fucking love that movie. And the witch is a good one to sit down. If you just want to be like creeped out in Halloween, it's one night. You, you uh, know what the, the, uh, the level of detail in this movie reminded me of what's up. Ari Aster's level of detail in hereditary. It's interesting. Um, there's, there's a lot of parallels between them as, directors and writers uh it is one of the reasons they're two of my favorites it's it's almost obsessive detail yeah yeah it's it's interesting because i know more about that goddamn king of hell than i ever thought i wanted to know i learned it (laughs) all in hereditary uh, pyman yeah pyman hail pyman yeah and then i feel like i just took a class on viking culture like i feel like i just audited a class for a few days there's a there's a lot of like uh, did you ever watch the uh vikings tv show no i heard it was good though 
Yeah, it was it was good. Uh, uh, just the idea of a fiction show on History Channel. I didn't I didn't know how I felt about that. Yeah, it, it was good. Um, it, it became a little bit long in the tooth because I think it lasted too many seasons. Mm-hmm. I never actually finished all of it. I watched like eighty percent of the way through and kind of like lost track of it. But it's a similar thing like this to where uh, like you were talking about how it's presenting like as historically accurate information as they possibly could about like their culture while also making it entertaining kind of like striking that 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 fine line yeah it's similar to it uh this this is better but there's (laughs) there's a lot of that there's a lot of that same tone Uh of where you feel like you're learning a lot but it's not boring you know it's not like oppressively educational it is entertaining while also being historically accurate and that is always something i can appreciate because i'm interested in history I like learning about stuff. I think th- I think the Vikings are fascinating. Uh, one thing we hadn't talked about, um, it, it's, it's not really like super present in here, but one thing I find interesting about Viking culture in general is like they were actually like willing to let like women be be soldiers. Like the shield maidens were like a thing. Like the Valkyries are like a huge part of their religion. You right. know, like these badass ladies. It's pretty cool that. It's something that never happened back then, but like shield maidens were just as respected as much as the uh, the dudes, and that's like a, a fascinating part of history that like not a lot of people talk about. But always like that about them. I just think it's cool. I One of the best characters in the the Vikings TV show is a shield maiden. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think that is um something I don't know about Greek culture. Uh, especially, but at least I know in Spartan Spartan culture, I don't know if they were in the military, but like everyone, every single Spartan is a, is a citizen soldier. There are no non soldiers. You just might not be in the military and that includes the women. (laughs) So like, you know, there's, there's that great line that uh, Gerard Butler has when uh, Xerxes is threatening him. And he's uh, going to kill the men. He's like, and then your women and children. And he's like, our women? I might as well just march them up here based on what I've seen. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, he's not going to stand a chance against the women either. <laughs> Have you watched uh, 300 again? I haven't watched Recent- it recently. I thought about going through it again because I still want to watch Rise of an Empire or whatever. I've I've never seen oh, it. Oh, did you not? You never saw it? I always I remember wanted it being to. okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember watching it. I remember it being okay. Uh, I've been curious about 300 though, because like with 300, it's just such like a weird spot in time and right. such a, like a specific project. Like I wonder how it would hold up in my brain to this day, but I've been curious about revisiting it. There was a thing that channel six, our local news station here did, um, uh, talking to people and like history teachers and stuff when history teachers were taking their students from high school to like go see 300 with them because while there is a lot of stuff in it just for entertainment value and like the costuming is ridiculous because like they're not wearing armor it's just underwears and capes um it is very actually historically accurate to their culture and it is very historically act um accurate to the way that battle actually played out uh i don't know how to pronounce it but it's like the battle of thermopylae or something yeah, I think you got it. Yeah. Um it you know, Greece. They put extra letters and words. Um but <laughs> I do. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, 
but I think it's like the Battle of Thermopylae or something like that. They uh, it's either it's either Thermopylae or Thermopylae, one of those two. The uh, the um, the only thing that's really different, uh, as far as the accuracy of that movie, as far as the way the battle played out, is there were also like three thousand Athenians there, and you see them at the beginning of the movie. Uh, they also helped. They don't help in the movie. It just focuses on the three hundred. Yeah, but. They they fought shoulder to shoulder with the three thousand Athenians, but it was Sparta was known for the phalanx, and you see them using the phalanx in the gates to just bottleneck Xerxes' people, and like they had, I don't think they had steel, but they had like iron, yeah, and <laughs> Xerxes' people. This is hard to imagine, but there was a time when this was common. And if you need to mass produce shit, this was the easiest, cheapest way to do it. Xerxes' people, they were conscripted slaves for the most part, right? And their armor and their shields were woven. They were fabric. Interesting. So when you see in the movie their shields getting cut in half along with their bodies, and you see <laughs> spears just puncturing their shields like their shield's not there, that what was, was even the fucking point. Well, it's like, because yeah, like, if this is gonna be that shitty, why wouldn't you like just have more maneuverability? Well, first off, he had the numbers, and if they, if he had gotten through the gates, which he eventually does get through the gates, but if he had gotten through those gates, like they wouldn't have stood a chance just because of the numbers. But like, when you need to finance an army that large, metal is expensive. It takes a long time to work. And they would view that as more worthy than and like more valuable than the lives of the people that they're sending in there. Exactly. Yeah. And I believe I could be wrong about this, but I I read up on this right after the movie came out because I was interested in it, and that was years and years ago. But I want to say what Xerxes had was pretty much top of the line technology at the time. And then in Greece, they were using like all copper or bronze. Were they bronze? Is that the Bronze no Age? Um, they they were using metal, and like the rest of the world hadn't caught up to that yet. So they literally were just cleaving their shields in half, like their shields weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After I see like the twenty dudes ahead of me using our like fucking uh, top of the line woven made, shield. Yeah, our shields made out of like. <laughs> Fucking yarn. <laughs> uh, fucking cat toys. My grandma knitted Maybe. the shield for me. <laughs> yeah, when I when I'm trying to to defend myself against Leonidas with Sackboy, maybe I just throw Sackboy down and just like fucking use get, like get more maneuverability. So at uh, least I can maybe dodge. I took up needlepoint so I could repair my crocheted shield. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's interesting. It's very interesting. Like he still had yeah. the numbers. He still overwhelmed them. He still invaded, but it just took a while because we're city people in the yard. It was like Xerxes was trying to rule the world, and that was like <laughs> the biggest amount of losses he sustained. Like if he had, it was one of those situations where like if he had conquered Greece, there probably wouldn't have been anyone to stop him. But he just he just could not conquer Greece. Yeah, and he put everything into conquering Greece, and he just couldn't. But, yeah. Isn't history just like fucking awesome? Just to look back at like these things that sound like fictional stories, and it's like no, these were actual dudes, like, and they were the fucking insanity, nuts. the insanity of believing that you're a god and you should rule the world, and the fact that 
pretty much if you'd made a few other few different decisions, you could actually have done it. Like, or like one of the one of the other. Or go, sorry, go I ahead. was going to say one. They say one of the entire reasons Hitler lost is he was obsessed with taking Russia and he split his troops. And if he had just gotten the fuck over Russia, we would probably be speaking German right now. Yep. And Napoleon or, Bonaparte or, um, did the same thing. Or like uh, it's like uh, believed to be historical record too that uh, Genghis Khan could have just straight up taken over everything, but he just decided to stop because they had to like go back uh, and do an exchange of like uh, like a uh, some ceremony thing, and they like ended his push across like Mongolia and shit because they had to go back to do some ceremony in the homeland, <laughs> and it's just like that's crazy, you know, dude. <laughs> like, so- Bruh, <laughs> you're about to rule the world. Yeah, Alexander the Great. Like yeah. the just, Roman Empire just crumbling overnight. Yeah, it's just so it's like history is just like fucking fascinating, dude. When you when your empire crumbles so hard, everybody stops speaking the language. <laughs> like when the Roman Empire falls apart, no one speaks Latin anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um did you have any other um thoughts on the Northmen before we kind of wrap up the episode? No, like I said, uh I didn't know what to expect going into it. I hadn't watched any of the trailers or anything. I just knew it was Robert Eggers, so there's a good chance that uh, it being Vikings, it was going to have some badass action. It was probably going to have some weird supernatural shit going on. And I got both of those things on my bingo card. Will- Willem Dafoe acting like the fucking Joker? Yes, thank you. <laughs> I just I just wish it had been him that farted. I just wish Robert Eggers could be uh, a little yeah, yeah. more see, consistent. See. Could have been a 9 out of 10. Could have been a 9 out of because 10. Because of that missed opportunity, now we're dropping it down to an 8. I'm telling you. I want like, Willem Dafoe him. to fart in every movie he's in from now on, by the way. Right? Can we well, edit the Spider-Man movies with that? Next time he shows up in Spider-Man is what I was thinking. Like, he jumps up the... onto the glider and just lets out a big one as soon as he <laughs> lands on the glider. Like, fuck, fuck the Snyder cut. Can I have a Defoe cut? <laughs> of every Defoe cut? Can we just use yeah. machine learning to put Defoe in every movie? Fuck yes, we can. You know what we need to cover? What we need to cover is, uh, is it uh, Boondock Saints? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You want there to talk about some Willem Dafoe? There was a fire fight. <laughs> I love Willem Dafoe, that movie. Oh, my God, dude. I just have the, my fav- one of my favorite scenes in cinematic history <laughs> is the fact that that one guy believes Willem Dafoe is a chick. Have you seen? <laughs> have you seen Willem Dafoe? The dude, the dude looks more like the Green Goblin without the mask on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's even funnier me? about that? They literally cast his face for that mask. Oh, dude! They literally made that mask off of his face, and he still looks more like the Green Goblin than the mask does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, God, dude, I love that man. I fucking love Willem Dafoe so much. What, uh, what a goddamn! It legend, sounds dude. like we're making fun of him, but not, what, absolutely not. I fucking adore Willem Dafoe. One I think of the genius. greatest actors of our time who also loves to chew up the scenery. Sometimes. God, I love that. And yeah, you chew away, bro. And <laughs> I love that man. Again, though, when he does, he doesn't really cross the line. Like, no, no, no. He, he stays. That scene, he stays always on the line of like. Good, crazy Nicolas Cage. <laughs> he's always good, crazy levels of Nicolas Cage. Always. Like, dude, that scene when he is just dancing through the crime scene. Fuck yeah. With the uh the like fucking classical music playing. Yes. It's so good. And then I still quote I quote there was a firefight like all yeah. of the time because I just love that scene so much. And then uh you go from that to um what is the hold on. 
I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Uh, da, 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 da. I wish I remembered what. Oh my God, Willem Dafoe, calm your tits, brah. How many movies have you been in in the last three years? Um, uh, which which one are you thinking of? I can probably help you out. He's got to hunt the last leopard of its kind or something. Uh, the last leopard? I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's uh oh god, I forgot he's in Daybreakers. Speaking of uh what's his fuck? He's in Hawk. That's a yeah. that's a good fucking movie. That's I like a that good movie. movie. Uh I think I've passed it if I'm at Daybreakers. He was in Cirque du uh, Freak. I've never seen that. The Hunter. Yes. The Hunter. I've not seen The Hunter. Um very serious dramatic role. Uh no comedy in it. Very heavy. Well into oh, foes. There's going to be comedy when we edit in the fart scene. <laughs> right. Just, just you wait. Well into foes, Sam Neill. Like, yeah. I remember that movie coming out. I just, and it was one of those I like, you know, put on the back burner. Like, I'll get around to at some point. I just never got around to I it. Saw I saw it but I was years and years later. It was a good. Did you like it? I liked it. Uh, IMDb has it listed as thriller. I don't know that it was that thrilling, to be honest. Uh, it's it's <laughs> kind it, of like slow. It's this guy. That's a professional hunter, basically, that is hired uh, to hunt basically the last Tasmanian tiger is what it is. Okay. Um, He's in Tasmania looking for the last Tasmanian tiger, and he's supposed to shoot it and bring it in for a collector, I think? Not hunting the Tasmanian devil? Right. And that is his moral dilemma through the whole movie. It's him in the wilderness tracking this animal, and is he going to find it? When he does, what is he going to do? Is he going to actually kill it and end an entire species? Or is he just going to let it go and be the last of its kind and live its life? Like, it's a very heavy uh, film for what it is. Okay. But yeah, it's a lot of him with his gun in the wilderness and then going back to he rents a room from a lady. That's kind of like his base camp. Uh, He goes back to her house occasionally and has conversations and then goes back out hunting. Gotcha. That's literally about the whole movie in a nutshell. That's but the, that's the movie. It's, With anyone else, it'd be it'd be boring. Well, I'm fucking work. It was he just make it work. Yeah, it was just great watching him work. Very serious. And then you have him in the goddamn Northman and fucking Boondock Saints. In the lighthouse. In the lighthouse. Spider Man. Yeah, uh, John that, Wick. Very serious role in John Wick too. Oh, he, he's one of my favorite characters in that. He's so yeah, good. He's so good. I just I he's love so, that like man. he's so he can be like what's like crazy about him is you have a lot of actors that can like just play that like really unhinged type of character, but he can just try to be like one of the most likable people in a movie. He's you know, like that's, he's that's easily like a, he's a deadly assassin in John Wick, and he's lovable. Like I adore him in that movie. Because, like, think about his character in The Lighthouse, too. You should want to strangle him. Yeah. But you really don't. I've seen it. (laughs) But you just find him fucking fascinating. Yeah. Because of how weird and how good the performance is. (laughs) God, I love The Lighthouse. It's so good. We got to watch that. We're just going to record every every Halloween. It's just us recover, like recovering the lighthouse just over and over and over again. Uh, the thing, Alien and Lighthouse, that should be the rotation. Yeah, that's the, that's the fucking trifecta right there, bro. You put you the lighthouse last because you're drinking the whole time and you're just like shit like faced <laughs> for that. Hell <laughs> you, yeah, dude. Like, I don't know if it's the movie, if I did drugs and forgot, if I'm drunk, 
but this movie's weird, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, but we, if we, if we do we do like the the trifecta recording of that by the third like by the third movie by by the halfway through the lighthouse we're just doing the fucking berserker Viking dance behind <laughs> like around a bonfire. It's gonna be fucking awesome, dude. Oh Jesus. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad we covered this because uh, I think it's I think it's really interesting. Uh, Ron and I are not like huge history buffs, but I think we're we're both like you know like, fairly interested in history, and it's always cool to like see a movie that is entertaining is very artistic while also like trying to teach you a little bit, you know, about like the culture and stuff. Always cool. Um, I will do our uh, plugs real quick and then I'll pass it over to Ron so you can say what our next movie is going to be. Um, if you would like to follow the show more, uh, you can always follow us on Twitter at SPR Filmcast. That's where we have our show updates and everything over there. Um, if you would like to give us a rating review on whatever platform you found us on, it always helps. And, uh, most importantly, uh, if you have a friend who's in the movies, uh, you have a friend who's really in well, Willem Dafoe <laughs> and po- you know, point him art, point yeah, that too, but point him in our direction. That's uh, the best way to grow. Ron, what is going to be our next film for our second episode of 2023? Well, you you mentioned the man by name earlier oh in the show. I've listened to I, I've listened to a lot of names, so I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um. I want to cover a movie that I have not seen in some time that is apparently going to be 23 years old soon, which is shocking to me. Um, when's the last time you saw Gone in 60 Seconds, Jeff? Oh, God. <laughs> a long time. A long time. Yeah, I was thinking uh, it's uh, it's about time to uh, to see what Nicolas Cage was up to 23 years ago. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Dude, think about the cast of this movie. Nicholas, it's pretty crazy. Nicholas Cage, Giovanna Ribisi, Angelina Jolie, Timothy, Timothy Oliphant, uh, Will Patton, Robert Duvall. Um, what's uh, what's the dude's name? Uh, oh, Vinny Jones. I forgot. Oh, dude, Vinny Jones is one of the best characters in the thing. Christopher Eccleston when he was trying to break into the American market. Oh, yeah. I forgot he was in that. He's the He's villain. Like the this guy, this right? is five years before Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, fuck yeah. I love Chris Rock. Um what is the um uh, I cannot think of his name. God damn it, it's driving me nuts. He is Timothy Oliphant's partner, the main detective. He's in the core. He's the scientist that came up with unobtainium and builds the machine that they use. You are referring to Delroy Lindo? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, um, the cast in this movie, and Angelina Jolie was probably known at the time. Vinnie Jones and Chris Eccleston were not known here. And Nicolas Cage was the big draw to the movie. And everyone in this movie has moved on. Like, Robert Duvall was kind of at the end of his career in this. Um, everyone else moved on to great things after this movie, but they were all relatively unknown. Yeah, like Nicolas Cage punching five nights at Freddy's Muppet Monsters. Right? Fuck yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just a, a good, fun movie with some action, some comedy, and uh, a dumb plot I am willing to get behind. It's been a long time since I've seen this movie, and I, I actually really love this movie. I remember liking it quite a bit. I don't think I've seen that in probably 20 years. So it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting because the last time I saw it, I was like, I was like fucking like 11 years old. Uh, apparently, it's available for subscribers to Fubo, 
Uh, it's available to rent at all the usual places. Okay. So, but yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of this movie. I've watched it many, many, many times. And then I, uh, one day just quit watching it. I don't really remember why. Huh? Well, uh, Eleanor, man, Eleanor. What was that? Eleanor. You'll, you'll see. Okay. You'll see. I, I, I remember Eleanor. I I remember scenes from it. But just don't really remember it as a whole. So I, yeah, I think uh, Eleanor, the cast alone makes it worth checking out. I think Eleanor was a, if I recall, like a like a '67 Mustang fastback, ooh, or something. I love those late '60s. Mustangs. It's it's the car that he every time he tries to steal it, he nearly dies. It, okay, it's the car that he saves for last. It's the big climax of the movie. Um, you remember, dude? Nicholas Cage is fucking fascinating. So like now he's just known for making these like really fucking oddball one-off Renfield? movies. Like that and like the oh god what's the fucking Five Nights one? What is that one called? I was trying to think of it the other day. I just think of it as Five Nights. I can't. Whoa. We covered uh, it. Wally's Wonderland? Something? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That. Uh, but like for a time he was like your summer blockbustery movie actor. Oh, yeah. Like, the fucking Rock had Nicolas Cage as the main guy. The, like, fucking, like, early summer release Michael Bay action movie. Uh, he was, like, the, the like, go-to, like, like what, like, Brendan Fraser was for a few years. You know, like, like the leading guy of, like, the, like, family fun adventure movie for the summer. National and now Treasure? He's making <laughs> National Treasure. Like, what a weird career trajectory to, like, end up, uh, like, oh, uh, He's fucking amazing in uh did you ever watch the uh the color out of space? That I've never seen it, but I've 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 heard you talk oh, about dude. it and I've heard another podcaster talk about it. He is awesome in that movie. One of uh, my favorite movies that everybody, even back in the day, made fun of, and I don't get it, but I don't know. I'm a big fan of John Woo to begin with, and John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. So face off. Willie's a- Wonderland. <laughs> fucking Willie's Wonderland. I had to figure out what the name was, sorry. <laughs> um, but I'm a big fan of the movie Face Off. Uh, where oh yeah, yeah yeah oh that too same same like type of like movie like yeah he just was like all over the place yeah. and then what was the uh is it con air where he has like the luxurious yeah. hair yeah put the bunny down <laughs> uh, i think i saw that movie once i don't even think i've seen it all the way through but yeah, yeah uh, dude uh face off is a fucking great movie uh, i like i said directed by john woo so you know everything blows up real good yeah, really. Lots good. of gunplay. I my one of my favorite Hollywood villains of all time will always be John Travolta. And the beginning of that movie, Nicolas Cage is basically the Joker, and <sighs> him and John Travolta switch places. And then you get to get fucking evil Nicolas Cage. You switch out to evil John Travolta, and then switch back to evil Nicolas Cage. It's amazing. Yeah, I remember liking uh, Face Off quite a bit. Face slash off. Yeah. Because there's a hockey movie called Face Off and they couldn't call it Face Off. Yeah, just like it's fucking fascinating, dude. Yeah. Which is like, John Woo just, is why MI2 is my favorite Mission Impossible movie, by the way. Because everything which is like huh? notoriously like the most hated one. <laughs> which I don't get because they're all fucking terrible except that one. Uh, I think you, you you haven't seen the later good ones. The later ones are actually like pretty good. <laughs> no, 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 dude. They get good at like the fifth movie. 
no, no, no. Like after, so after the third one, when they were directed by uh, Brad Bird, and the cast consisted of like Jeremy Renner as like a really cool other like main spy guy, and they still had Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames and shit. They they actually got pretty good. Uh, they, they got a uh, what's her fucking name? The uh, main lady, the leader was pretty cool too. Rebecca Ferguson, I think is her name. Yeah, I don't but, know. But yeah, yeah. After uh, MI three, I was done. Which is sad because like after that they got good. Uh, like I'm out like, of I, well, yeah. I hate Tom Cruise to begin with. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I can't I can't like argue with that because he is a fucking nut job. But I, <laughs> can, I still like some of his movies. Before we sign off, can I just tell one quick story that I have told you before, but I think you still find it amusing. Uh, Mission Impossible trailer. It was like we've been framed, team. We have to clear our name. Mi two. We've been framed. We have to clear our name. And then when the Mission Impossible 3 trailer debuted, me and our former boss, Mr. Poe, were up in the projection booth and we had just put the trailer on a film and that film was running. I feel like, I feel like it was one of those that came in like midweek and we, like put this on all the movies now and we had to put it in. So we're standing there at the projector and at the part in the Mission Impossible 3 trailer and he's like, we've been framed, we have to clear our name. Me and Mr. Poe at the exact same time went again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how many times have you been disavowed yeah oh, oh there's, there's also one where like uh god i think it may be the fifth one but oh, jesus henry, there's five henry, of them uh there's like six of them now oh my god uh, stop please henry, henry, henry cavill is a villain in one of them doesn't he cock his arms like shotguns he uh he he is like basic okay you remember in oh my god uh man from uncle basically he's playing the, the, the russian he's playing the the russian bad guy oh uh, no sorry not the russian bad guy the, the, the russian main guy what's his fucking uh cannibal dude it, what's his fucking uh, name army hammer yeah he's playing army hammer uh that type of character he's just like a fucking like relentless assassin guy pretty badass hmm. i would just say I, I love me some henry cavill uh kicking some ass it's pretty great but yeah uh yeah, uh, so gone in 60 seconds uh, in, in about two weeks' time. Watch that so you can follow along with us in the next episode. I'm so excited. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready intrigued. to green Sally up and green Sally down. I'm intrigued to see what I think about it since I was well, with 10 or my 11 track record, With my track record of picking 20-year-old movies, uh, you tend to not like them. So that's what I'm ready for. But that and I, I feel like I've actually liked it. Hold on one second. I'm scrolling back through our... Kelly, I feel like I've liked a good chunk of the ones you've selected. Though. I was pretty disappointed with you in Fifth Element. I was really sad. I love that oh, movie yeah, Fifth, so much. Fifth Element is. Uh, I liked um, Hollywood Homicide. No, I you liked... didn't. Don't give me that. I did a show with you about it. No, I, I, yeah, we we, we I, I actually like liked it. You know, we we had like uh, some conversations about like the plotting and stuff, but I liked it. If you go back and listen to the episode, I'm gonna have to because I don't believe you. Yeah, I'm um, a, you and I remember you and I remember Budapest very differently. <laughs> no uh i i liked uh hollywood homicide uh, you remember we had like a whole thing where we we're talking about how awesome the third act is for like 20 minutes yeah but you that was the only part you liked no i had like some like like writing complaints about it but and then like obviously we're critiquing it for the, the show but you go back and listen to it like i'm i don't hate it i, mm, I like it i don't believe you okay go back and listen to the fucking episode <laughs> asshole <laughs> Fifth Element, I, I did not uh, particularly care for. Oh, it's so sad. I'm, that one still hurts. That one was a knife to the heart. Yeah, I'm sorry, bud. I just didn't didn't care for I it. I love that movie so our, much. Uh, Come on, man. Lockout is still a great movie. 
Lock I, I liked parts of Lockout. Part of Lockout is fucking dumb. <laughs> Going out of your way to get sued by John Carpenter is pretty dumb. Oh, um, I like the losers. I love me some PlayStation like 2 graphics. I like the losers. Oh, the losers I like so good. I liked uh trimmers and trimmers too. Uh, I uh, don't like it as much as you. I like Sky, and it's not twenty years old, but I like Skyscraper. I like most of the stuff you brought to the show. <laughs> if you go back and listen, or go back and check out the catalog, <laughs> fucker, scapegoat me to like hating everything you've selected. You're coming to my house. <laughs> I I think you were remembering how uh, teary eyed and devastated you were over me not liking the Fifth Element, and that kind of like shadowed over all of my opinions. The of Fifth Element is the one that mattered, up. Jeff. That was the oh, one that was mattered. It? That was the crown yeah, just, jewel of what I had to bring. Just don't really like it that much, oh, unfortunately. God, just watch it. Watch it up. again. We'll report back in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was something I, I remembered the other day that I told you I was gonna watch again and come back, and I do not oh, remember rising. what it was. I like deep rising. Oh, uh, de- well, yeah, it's deep rising yeah. though. I mean, come on. Yeah. Everyone likes deep rising. Yeah. 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 No one likes Deep Rising, but... Yeah, you and me are the only two people that like Deep Rising. <laughs> Actually, I believe it has like a cult following now. And yeah, it, it, yeah, we, we, it does. Uh, it has a cult following of 12 people, so 12 of us like uh, <laughs> Deep Rising. Is that how many hits that episode has? Uh, All 12 of them showed up for that episode? 22. Oh, wow. So the numbers have doubled. We're doing good. Yeah. Well, on that happy note... <laughs> It seemed like you were leading to an anecdote about something, and you were just like, well... I forgot. Oh, okay. Uh, I said there was something I was supposed to watch again and report back. Was it, uh... What was the... I think I know what it was. What was it called? Logan Lucky? Is that what it's called? Is that what I was supposed to watch again and report back two weeks later, and it's been, like, years? (laughs) Actually, that's happened a bunch of times. Where... (laughs) We were one of us was supposed to revisit a thing and like say what our opinion was after having watched it again, and it never fucking happens because we barely fucking get around to watching the movies we have to cover for the given week. Dude, Anya Taylor Joy said that if they'd used period accurate accents, we wouldn't have been able to understand them. I still don't think I know what a single line of dialogue in Logan Lucky was. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> like, it's worth it for fucking... Uh, it was region Benoit. accurate, and I can't handle that. It is worth it for fucking prison Benoit Blanc, dude. dude. Okay? Benoit Blanc, back in his dark days? Yeah. It got real dark, dude. Oh, it's so good. I, I love Logan Lucky. It's so good. <laughs> it's okay. I have my Logan Lucky. You have Fifth Element. <laughs> we don't have to agree on everything. Uh, I like Logan Lucky. I just don't know what they said. <laughs> it was a foreign language film. Did you say cauliflower? <laughs> I love that movie so much. It's so fucking weird. Oh, God. Uh, Ocean's 7-Eleven is the greatest <laughs> joke in the history of mankind. I'm just saying. By the way, that's in my short list. You mentioned Ocean's 11 the other night, and I I've, added that near the top of Ocean, my list. Ocean's 11 has been on my short list basically since the show started, too. I fucking love these I Ocean's fucking 11, love dude. that movie. Uh, you, you, we're, we're both nerds for heist movies. So. Yes. Especially there, good yeah, ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, thanks everyone for listening and uh, popping in for another year uh, that nobody asked for. Screenplay Rewind. Yeah, there you go. We're back, you baby. We're back. Ba- and we're not to- leaving. Yeah. Oh, there'd be something to come up. It was like, really awkward. I was like, I need to take a little bit of a break, Ron. So we're just not going to record for a month. And like two months later, 
hey uh i'm not gonna be able to record for a month so we're gonna have to take like a month and a half break it's like well <laughs> rip <laughs> well but you know when your mother-in-law invites herself over for a month I mean, all you gotta do is have her on the... I'm sure... Has she seen the fifth <laughs> element? Just, just show her the fifth element. We'll talk about it, bro. She, um... Uh, has she seen Escape from New York? She's seen Lockout. She could talk about Lockout. <laughs> she, uh... She did watch Frozen and Frozen 2 while she was here. Oh, there you go. What she she also she claims she's never seen Moana, although she had seen Moana the last time she was here because her husband had opinions about it. So, I remember mm. that. Because, apparently, if you take out the obviously fictional parts meaning all the God-related stuff, uh, it's a good movie. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not touching that. When, I'm just going to When she away. said she hasn't seen Moana, Christina was like, yeah, you have. <laughs> I, was, I just Jesus. laughed. I just laughed my ass off. <laughs> she was just like, Jesus. yeah, no, you saw it. Yeah, it was great. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah, uh, gone in 60 seconds. Check it out. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. And uh, I hope you all had a uh, safe and happy new year uh, and uh, stay safe out there. Check out. I mean, it's always just fun. I recommend drinking when you go back to watch older Nicolas Cage movies. Uh, <laughs> always helps. Makes them more entertaining. Alcoholism. It makes everything better. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> have a good night. everybody. <laughs>